Hey, hey, good bitches, and welcome to this week's episode of Good Bitch. I'm Jules Rangi Heyue. And I'm Jodie Clark, and we're just two good bitches trying to live good lives. Today, we're discussing something on the hearts of so many women at the moment, and a topic we feel very passionate about abortion. Mm, We even have one of our GBs call in and talk to us live Mm. about the matter, something we've never done before, Jodes. I know. Another listener question and confession that is wrapped into one. You guys are absolutely on fire. We received the funniest email, uh, but you're just going to have to wait until the end of the episode. Jodes, there's something I desperately need to talk to you about. Yes. Uh, You'll be no stranger to it if you have the internet, and that is Kravis. (laughs) Courtney Kardashian (laughs) and Travis Barker. This tongue-kissing thing, you know the one I'm talking about, how they keep rubbing each other's tongues, is the biggest sign of when you are getting absolutely dicked the fuck down. Do you agree? Absolutely. I'm sorry, but I'm here for Kravis. I was from the beginning Same. and I will be forever fucking more. Sorry, Scott. Yeah, get Scott is so toxic. Have we just forgotten how toxic Scott is? He he was toxic. Mm-hmm. Funny, funny as hell at times, but toxic. Mm. And I mean, she's just, I'm sorry, from what I'm seeing, she ain't never gone back to Scott, She is having the absolute best sex of her life. She's having the time of her life. I just love this for court. It's her time, baby. And can I just back us up and something that we've always preached is Mm. that white, tall, skinny, lanky men have the biggest cocks. They do. You already know he's putting it down like a la Pete Davidson. Let's let's be honest. And that's just on science. (laughs) That's just on science, baby. (laughs) So a few of the GBs hit me up because last episode with the girls uninterrupted, I touched on my um, dating coaching session I had on my birthday, Joe. That's right. I won't go into, guys, go back and listen. I talked all about how I carry too much masculine energy. I'm not going to touch on that again because I talked about it a lot in the past episode, but A few takeaways that I wanted to share with the GBs because I think this could help someone else is that obviously within the first kind of four minutes she was like, now tell me about your past actual relationships. Mm. I was like, actual relationships, my main one of three years, he was basically fly and fly out but not for the mines for like touring and he was always on ad campaigns, etc. So he was only in Sydney for about six months of the year collectively. That's right. And the second one um, lived half in Byron and half in Sydney. And straight away without missing a beat, <laughs> this bitch goes, oh, so you attract men who are either emotionally unavailable or quite physically unavailable as an excuse to dip out any time. It's another defence mechanism for you to never get hurt. It's I was like, so bang on though, eh? My mouth, I was like, what are we four minutes in and this bitch is on my neck? And straight it's in, so true. Straight in for the attack. Another little takeaway and then I'll wrap this up, but... She was saying how, how do I act on dates? And I said, I do turn into kind of the interviewer, the performer, the jester. Mm-hmm. And um, she said she was trying to get to the why, why, why. And I said, at the end of it, I just said, I want people to enjoy their time that they have with me. I like people walking away being like, that was fun. There's something in that. And she said, have you ever asked yourself if you are even having fun? Do you even like these men? And yeah. I was like, no, I, I'm not having fun on those dates and I don't like any of those guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I would, I, I'm going to shout them out because I do actually believe in them. Their name is Soulful Sydney. We'll put it up on our IG. Mm. But, Jodes, how are you going, my darling? So, mental health, mm-hmm. that's over. 
that's been cancelled. Oh, that's in the bin, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, no, no, no. I will say I was battling the start of this week with my anxiety chills. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all my all my generalised anxiety baddies mm-hmm. will know the vibes. Um, so I was battling the start of this week. But look, ended up turning that shit around, knuckled down and actually ended up having a great fucking week. Good. But it's been up and down in this COVID, I've got to tell you. And yeah. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Yeah. And it's hard to escape your thoughts when, you know, the next day you wake up and bang, you're in the same room again, same environment. I just feel like, oh, and it's like... I just feel like I'm constantly in front of the screen. Yeah, you are, especially with your job, for sure. Right? It's just, there's just no escape. And Mm. then, you know, ugh, I just cannot. So bring on October. Hopefully we get a bit of reprieve. Mm -hmm. Jules, on that note, I think we need to get into our main subject. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, we did touch on this last step, didn't we? Mm -hmm. With the girls uninterrupted. And it was quite... It was quite a heavy conversation, wasn't it? We all felt quite passionately. Mm-hmm. Um, if for any of our listeners who are maybe new or they've just tuned in and they're not quite across um, what's been going on, there mm-hmm. has been a new law passed in Texas effectively banning abortions past six weeks. Mm-hmm. And the law establishes a kind of bounty system, doesn't it, Jules? Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, everyday average citizens, Texans, can basically dob in an abortion provider or anyone on, like, anyone on the street that they suspect is aiding and assisting abortions after that six-week mark. And that six-week mark, Jules, I mean, some women still don't even know they're pregnant at that point. Most, because it's, you miss your period and then you wait a couple of weeks until maybe you get it. So God forbid, you know, mm. you it's just insane. So mm. essentially the woman seeking an abortion in Texas herself can't be sued, right? Mm-hmm. But the provider could. So if she was to go to a clinic, that clinic could be sued. The Uber driver who drove her to the clinic could be sued. The counsellor who referred her and assisted her could be sued. And so on, so on. It's just insane. Mm. The law allows these dobbers to collect a reward fee of $10,000 and their legal fees paid from those they sue. And if they lose, they don't even have to pay the defendant's legal costs. So these people a.k.a. the snitches, lose nothing by taking them to court. The law makes no exceptions for rape, sexual abuse or incest. Which is disgusting. It's essentially a manhunt for Mm -hmm. anyone that wants to seek an abortion now. Yeah, completely. Insane. And by contrast, Jules, uh, in Australia, abortion is legal in all states and territories under certain circumstances. And when it's done by a registered Mm. doctor, Jules and I are Sydney-based and... Abortion in New South Wales specifically has been decriminalised since October 2019. So it's a lot easier for us, Mm. for women here, to assess their options. But we wanted to speak firsthand to one of our wonderful GBs. Mm -hmm. She's a long-time listener. And she actually reached out. We have a close connection to our listeners, don't we? We keep in touch. They send us content. We chat about things in the DMs. And it it came to our attention that she's actually experienced an abortion in Australia. Mm -hmm. And really, we just wanted to connect with her, didn't we? we Jules and just have a really open uh, conversation about her experience yes we're about to dial her in friend of the pod GB thanks so much for joining us now you fell pregnant just over a year ago can you talk us talk us from the start my darling can we get into the sex and the guy if you don't mind of course okay so essentially the guy that I I would have a one-year-old with now. <laughs> he was he was lovely. It was definitely a one-night stand 
type of thing. Yeah, it was just a little fling that we had and I he had a hotel and I was I was just like, you know what, let's just do it. And I went over to his hotel and we had a few wines and then yeah, we did the deed and that was pretty much it. He's he's a lovely guy, but I knew deep down like it was just going to be a one night stand thing because he was flying out of Australia the next day. So mm. I was in the clear. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So now, an abortion is quite a last resort type of thing. Did you think to take the morning after pill? And what kind of measures did you take before the abortion? Yeah, so I did. I I, I guess every girl knows about, you know, the morning after pill. And when I when I had sex with this guy, um, he, did, he did come in me. Mm. So in my head, I knew that I was going to get the morning after pill the next morning. I was just unfortunately really lazy about it. And I think I must have taken two days to get it done. And yeah, and then I didn't even, I honestly, I really didn't even think that I was, I, that wouldn't have even thought in my head that I was going to become pregnant or that that was even going to be a thing because you think that you're in the safe when you take the morning after pill. You mm. think, okay, if, if, it, if it did happen, you know, you just take the pill and then everything goes away and then you just don't think about it. Mm. And we've got such a small mm. window to actually be fertile. A hundred percent. Can I ask, did he ever raise protection using protection with you? Like how did that conversation go down? And was it like a heat and, you know, lost yourself in the heat of the moment type thing as so many of us have been in? Mm. It was definitely a heat of the moment type of thing. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was a heat of the moment type of thing. And it was one of those things where like after a few wines and then you start making out on the couch and then you slowly go into the bedroom, you don't really like, you already know what's going to happen when you go to a hotel room and he invites you over. Y'all already know you're going to get down. (laughs) So I, I don't think any protection was sort of in, in the realm, but yeah, he didn't really ask. And plus I trusted him. I had, I had like, I semi trusted him. I I knew who he was. Um, But Yes. And such a common Condom. thing, hey, for dirty talk, how common is it for guys to be like, I want to come and fucking side you? I've had many a times where guys have been like, oh, I just came. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so please don't, yeah, don't feel bad or don't feel guilty. Now, GB, how did you know? What were, what was your very first instincts? Yeah, well, like I said, I was just going about my, my, my days as normal because in my head I thought that I was in the clear because I, you know, I took the morning after pill. I had no communication with this man's after he left. Mm. So I was just continuing working and I was carrying on with my days. And then it wasn't until I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, something something's not going, something's not right here. Like my face was getting bigger. I could feel... I was getting a lot more hungrier. I was craving things that I like cucumber, like your girl doesn't eat cucumber. And I was craving cucumber. Like there was certain things where I was like, something's not right. And I remember going home after work and my housemate being there and I was like, something's just off in my body. I don't know what it is. I'm getting rounder. I'm craving weird foods that I would never have thought. So then, yeah, we went down to Coles and we got the old $8 test mm. And then, yeah, walked back to the house and I, yeah, we just, I I didn't even think, I didn't even think about it, but we just, uh, we just did a test and we had a look at the test and it was positive. Wow. Crazy how your body started to let you know that quickly. Hey, did you have sort of like, you know, they talk about just this all knowing feeling like women are just tuned into their intuition. They just know, like they just know when they're pregnant. Did that happen for you? 
No, because I just I would I wouldn't I wouldn't even think that I was gonna ever get pregnant anytime soon. I was so young, mm. and I yeah, that wasn't even a thought in my mind. And plus, you know, when you're single, and yeah, you take precautions and stuff like that. But yeah, I just that wasn't even a thought in my head that I was gonna be pregnant I just it was such a it was such a shock to me it's probably the bloody missionary that did it too is there can you remember (laughs) what position you were in babe so I know which one to avoid (laughs) yeah look it was definitely it was definitely vanilla (laughs) (laughs) the shade the shade (laughs) um it was I look he was he was a love like he was a lovely man glad that he had a great personality but uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he um yeah it was it was it was definitely missionary and it was uh thinking, thinking back to it now I was like oh god um but yeah so it's definitely it's definitely missionary a few pumps and then you know wow bam is- bam thank you ma'am at least those few pumps were effective shout out to our missionary <laughs> kings we're not trying to shade you kings now JB seeing it come up as pregnant from someone who's also peed on a stick and that that oh my god that Mm. those three minutes Mm. lifetime so it comes up as pregnant what is your initial thoughts before you can even think logically I yeah I remember it like it was yesterday it was yeah so I came out of the bathroom and I I peed on the stick and I saw it and it had the double you know the double marks and I was like surely not surely surely not so I I called one of my girlfriends and I was like you need to come over with three like right now and yeah ran over and I took another three tests and they were all positive and my first initial thought when I was sitting there was I can't this is just I can't do it this isn't in my this isn't in my path. Like I've got a career. I'm looking forward to the future and a baby was just not in it for me. So my, my first initial thought was how do I, how do I go about this? Mm-hmm. So in your gut, mm-hmm. you felt that the decision was made quite soon for you. Cause we know that's a decision that can be quite difficult um, for a lot of women. It, you know, everyone's different in that regard, but for you personally, you just knew in your heart that, you know, an abortion was the right choice for you. Yeah, definitely. It was. And um, I I also think like an aspect to it as well was I didn't know this man like Mm. he didn't he didn't know me either. And I wasn't going to have a child with somebody that, yeah, we we didn't even have, you know, much of a relationship to, you know, per se. So I was yeah, it just it wasn't in my ball court to even to even blink an eyelid to say that I was going to keep keep this child. Mm. Now, GB, Mm. what is the actual step? So you're pregnant. How do we even go about this? Mm. Yeah, well, I guess it being a really big shock to me, I um, the first thing that I did was I was just looking for abortion clinics within my neighbourhood, really, mm. or in my city. And, and was that, that itself a hard process? It was. It was. Yeah, so pretty much if you just type into Google, you know, um, I don't know, like abortion clinics around me or whatever it is, um, it's it was the process. It was really – it started to scam me because a few of the abortion clinics that I was calling around, they were all full. Like they were not taking new clients. No one wanted to see me. Mm. I had to – I had to go through a process where I have to go to the doctors and then, um, you know, uh, get blood tests to prove that I was pregnant. And like, and then I found this one clinic and luckily enough, she just asked me how many weeks I was. And she said, cool, let's do it, you know, next Tuesday. So I was, I was really lucky that I I kept being persistent and I found the right clinic um, that would just get me in there because yeah, on the, on one of the pregnancy tests that I did, I was, 
six weeks. Mm. Wow. Um, which was like a, which was a huge shock to me because like I said, I was just carrying on with my, with my weeks and I had no idea. I was just obliviously walking around with something growing inside me and six weeks is yeah, it's a long time. And again, though, even just in six weeks, the, the changes that you talked us through that you felt in your body and everything so quickly is quite remarkable, isn't it? Now, uh, JB, would you mind talking us through the process itself on the day? Like, can you just walk us through what it's actually like to enter an abortion clinic? Did anything jump out at you or surprise you? What was the environment like? How did you feel? Hmm. I was definitely nervous in the day. I had one of my girlfriends, um, come with me Mm. and I was, I was nervous in the morning. And when you walk into the clinic, it was, it was very clean. It was very fresh. It was, it was surprising to see a few other people in the waiting room. You know, there was, yeah, there was like a, a, a couple and there was another professional look like a professional woman. And yeah, I just sort of walked in and I said my name that I had an appointment and it it was an easy process. It was, it was nerve wracking and I had to speak to a nurse before I went in, but yeah. And just circling back to the types of people you said were in the waiting room, because I think when we think of abortion and obviously all the more conservative people who you know, live around us, think six, 16 and pregnant or, mm. you know, knocked up, etc. But you're saying there yeah. was, you know, a mother with three kids who obviously just didn't want her fourth child and a yeah. professional lady and a young couple. So all walks of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I did like when I was talking to the nurse before I went in, you know, I asked her how, how common this was because I was, I was scared and this was my first time. I, I just, wanted some reassurance like I I guess I just was seeking some sort of advice and she said that this was completely normal uh she said that that she sees a lot of girls in in my situations and sex workers um Mm -hmm. as well so yeah it it made it reassured me and made me feel a little bit more yeah just better about my decision and and that I was doing the right thing I'm so glad that you Mm -hmm. had a positive experience in that vein Mm. yeah now you've come out of the procedure which how long does it take Oh gosh, I, I, it felt like five hours, but when I came outside into the waiting room and I asked my girlfriend, like, how long was I in there for? She only said it was about 15 minutes away from her. (laughs) Um, Because you must have been put under. That's why you're tripping out with the time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. So after you get changed in the robe and everything like that, you know, you get, you get hustled into this room and it was obviously, uh, it's, nerve wracking, but you've got, you've got ladies around, you've got nurses, and then you've got the doctor that's in front of you. And it's sort of like a, a pap smear type of vibe Mm -hmm. where, you know, your legs are on the stool and you open your legs. And I was feeling really nervous. And then, um, yeah, they just put the mask on you and they just say, you know, count back from 10. And then all of a sudden I woke up in, in this other room. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's all I remember. It, It didn't hurt me at the time or not, not that I know of, but one of the first things that I asked the nurse when I got out was, did it work? Because, I, you know, you're lying there and, you know, you just had this procedure. Um, and she actually proved to me there was one scan where you could actually see it growing and then the other scan where it was not there anymore. So Wow. wow. That's I never, fascinating. I never realised that, yeah, a lot of women would be like, did it? Yeah, because you, you've never actually seen the thing. You don't know. All you're doing is going under and waking up. So you're like, has it changed? Has the thing yeah. worked? Great. Yeah. Wow. And was mm. there any aftercare involved? Like once you actually left the clinic, what were you instructed to do when you went once you got home? 
Um, it was definitely to rest, I think, mentally and physically, just giving your body, you know, 24 to 48 hours to really rest and recover. So, yeah, I just went back to my girlfriend's house and slept for another six hours, I think, on her couch after eating chocolate. But, yeah, it didn't really hit me. I, I guess it's sort of, you know, a, an appointment, you get it done and then you leave. So, you know, I think maybe after a week it really hit me of what just happened mm. and it was it was a lot to process I definitely went through the emotions of holy crap did that just happen did I do the right thing should I tell this man mm. um you know I was I was yeah running through a bunch of questions in my head but I know that I did the right thing and I yeah I want to I want to normalize it because there's a lot of women out there that are ashamed to talk about it or embarrassed to talk about it but it's perfectly normal and it is a real thing Thank you so much for sharing your experience. I'm sure there's so many of our listeners tuning in, just so grateful to have uh, heard your account. So thank you. Yeah, I won't be surprised if we get so many Mm. DMs now being like, actually, I think I will tell my friends that I had this abortion years ago, etc. And and how wonderful you had that uh, girlfriend that you spoke of that was able to hold space for you and support you during that time. Shout out to our women because they play an important role in supporting, you know, other women and their girlfriends and that going through this as well. Definitely. That's definitely. so true, Shout actually. Out. Even yes. with, you know, when they're talking the nasty and they're like, I want to come in you. And, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like saying, why, will you be there holding my hand when I get an abortion? No, it'll be my best girlfriend. Hundy, it's, it always, it's always you girls that you turn to, isn't it? GB, we're going to let mm-hmm. you go. Thank you so much for your honesty. Friend of the pod, we love you so we much. We love you so much. Thank you, babe. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Wow, Jodes. Wow. What a powerful conversation. And one that needs to be had mm-hmm. quite sooner than later. I wanted to get your personal thoughts. Mm. There's no judgment here. Oh, there never is. There never, never is, is with us, in this babe. Room. I mean, uh, I sort of popped off in the last episode we touched on it, but it, it definitely hits different actually speaking mm. to a- another, another woman about her direct experience, mm. right? And again... For me, it's just, for me, it just feels like one of those medical procedures that is so loaded and so heightened. And for what? For what? I'm like, Mm. yeah, I mean, you heard it from the horse's mouth. Mm. Like, it's just devastating to me the effects that it will have on women's right if if something like abortion becomes criminalized again yep. like you know i know that we're speaking you know mostly about texas right now yeah. and, and the case of texas but you know one thing that will happen which is scary to me is that what is the example that this sets around the world Completely. i mean i i've already read that at least half a dozen other us states have said that they would consider introducing bills using the texas law as a as a model which mm. is but this is some real gilead shit it's handmaid's tale and that's the part that scares me. I'm so happy that we had one of our GBs have a positive experience. She made that decision. She was in a position where she could go and have the procedure mm, done. Safely. She, safely. Um, she felt supported in mm. that decision. And, you know, she had had autonomy over her body mm-hmm. to make that choice, to think that there's so many others who might not be in the same position as, as this GB was to do that breaks my heart, Jules. Yeah, it really does. And if you think that Australia does not follow suit in America, you're fucking joking yourself. You'd be naive you're to joking. think that something, you know, the, this whole Texas situation doesn't directly affect us because trust me, it does. Mm-hmm. Well, on that, mm. I've been having a real big think about this. You know, who really does this? disadvantage in um, with the Texas law. Yes. And it is another way to keep the poor 
and people of colour segregated because mm-hmm. now that we've given people a 10K bonus, who's going to need that the most? It's going to be the lower socioeconomic class, the lower class who need that. So they're going to start calling out people who, may, you know, maybe they rape someone because you don't get... 10K if you rape someone. You know, I can imagine this having a ripple effect where rape now goes up. Domestic violence, it's weaponized against domestic violence. That is so true. I never thought about it from that angle. Literally, this will now be used. It's really hard, and I'm going to get really angry. Mm. It's hard to not see this as a direct war on women. It is so hard. I'm getting goosebumps. The, the ripple about it. impacts are just so, so much wider than just. No, clinics being affected and women being affected. It goes so much deeper than that, doesn't it? Because GBs think about it. If I'm Mm. already quite a misogynistic man who beats up my wife Mm -hmm. and I do need a bit of money. Yeah. This is the easiest way to get. I can't believe Dobberin, Dobberin. instant 10K. Exactly. It's a a money grab for the misogynist. Like I said, and it's another way to keep the poor poorer and the rich richer because rich people can afford 10K. That's fine. Like, Mm -hmm. ugh. And you know, for these, and I'm going to say men, Mm. oh, not for conservative women and men, since you're so pro life of all these unborn souls, and I'm using air quotes here. You know, we need an almost like a counteract law to say that if this mother is unfit either financially, emotionally or physically, mm-hmm. unfit to look after this baby, you know what? When she has it, we'll send them right to your house. Yep. And I wonder how much your tune would change. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, look, if this was a man's issue, we would be able to get abortions on every street corner at the ATM oh, everywhere. It would be sent straight to the pile. It's top of the pile, sorry. So, <laughs> Jodes and I are clearly pro-choice. I don't think that's a shock to anyone. Yeah, it's 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 very evident when we stand on this. Mm. If you don't, well, then this this ain't the podcast for you, my friend. Keep keep, keep it pushing keep it politely. Pushing, keep Jody it pushing. Say, GBs, we're going to go to break. We're going to have a bit of a breath, have some water. I need we're, a drink. We're, very, we're very angry. And you know what? If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. Yeah. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. But follow us at Good Bitch Pod. We'll be right back. All right, GBs, you're back with Good Bitch with Jules and Jodes. And we're going to get straight into our, it's another double up, baby. It's our question confession. You girls are loving this. Keep the emails coming through. Are you ready, Jules? I'm ready. All right, I'm going to read this one verbatim. Hi, Good Bitches. I hope you saucy girls are safe and well. Fellow Perth GB here, shout out to Jules. Shout out, WA. Shout out. And I have a confession, I'm plus seeking advice from the older sisters I never had. Bless you, babe. Older? I hope not too much older. (laughs) What's your mouth? (laughs) I'm recently in a new relationship with a boy who is a few years younger than me. After a night out recently, I wasn't even that drunk but we decided to get naughty. This night, I happened to be on the last day of my period, so I wasn't wanting to have sex, but still wanted to blow his mind. I was going down on him when I thought he came. I was startled because it was only shortly after and I ended up swallowing. He didn't seem reactive to this, so I just kept going down on him until it happened again. This time, it was coming out of my nose. Turns out, he hadn't finished either of these times and I had actually vomited all 
over him. He immediately got up and I tried to immediately destroy all evidence of the vomit, (laughs) but it was too late. I was so embarrassed as he ended up showering for a solid 15 minutes. I mean, we haven't even farted in front of each other. I do feel like it may have made our relationship stronger, but I am still mortified. What would you girls have done in that situation? Well, first off, we love period sex. So, Dahl, get on period sex. If he's a true king, he won't care. Absolutely. Second of all, he would have loved this. Please don't be mortified. You know what he's going to say? Oh, I made a gag on my dick. (laughs) (laughs) They love saying that shit. He would be like, oh, my cock's just so big. Yeah. Jones, what are your thoughts? I feel like definitely... I mean, 100%, right? Mm. Why would you? I'm sorry. If you're going to be turned off by a bit of vomit after a night out, you know, some of us some of us have sens- sensitive stomachs. Mm. Maybe she had a few too many um, RTDs. Yeah. And it's come up the wrong way. Happens to the best mm-hmm. of us, doll. You've said it made your relationship stronger. Mm. So he's clearly not that embarrassed by it. So I think just... Just let it go, my love. Um, I could actually back this up because remember last this time last year when I was in Perth, mm. remember I, I kept getting too lit to quit and vomiting all over that guy's bed, but not from his dick just because I was so drunk. Exactly. It happened three times in a row and I can tell you he always texts me about the WAP. So it does make you stronger and we all vomit. Oh, We've literally all been there, babe. I, I remember vomiting once um, in a guy's bed just because I, I was feeling unwell. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even alcohol and juice. Shit happens. We're all normal. We all poo. We all fart. We yeah, all vomit. Yeah. If a guy's going to be turned, like, honestly, if a guy's going to be turned off by a natural bodily function or mm. a bit of a whoopsie and you can't have a laugh about it, he's not the king for you. That, to me, is actually a turn off. Yeah. And I think just bringing it up in a jovial way, being like, oh, I better not, you know, third wine. I might be yakking on your dick. Like, you yeah, know, try and bring I, it up and laugh about it. If you're feeling uncomfortable, why don't you, as mm. Jules says, bang on. Bring it up in a conversation next time you're hanging out and just have a bit of a laugh about it and mm. see what he says. Oh, God, are we going to have some drinks tonight? Let's make sure we don't have a repeat of the other week <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. just feel it out. Normalise it. Normalise that shit so he knows. If, if he can sense that you're not uncomfortable, mm. he's going to follow suit, babe. There's nothing to be ashamed about here. Oh, love that for you. Love the younger boy. Love yeah. the getting naughty. I do miss it, Jones. I do miss it. I reckon I'm like two weekends off from hitting up my old oh. sneaky link. I'm just so bored. Need Go that human touch. JVs, thank you for listening. You hey. can write to us anonymously at mm. podcast.com. Slide into our DMs at goodbitchpod or follow us on the Tiki Toki <laughs> at goodbitchpod. And that's it. And we love you so much. And we'll be back next Tuesday, won't we, Jules? We will. We We love love you. Love you, good bitches. Bye.